welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. Welcome to another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I am Joe Boris here with Daniel Burrell. He is the co-founder and CEO of REE, R-E-E. And Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe, for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with with REE, Daniel's company, they manufacture or they are proposing, they've developed a EV skateboard. Now, this is a modular kind of skateboard design that can be adjusted lengthwise, widthwise, you can adjust the load. And what's really innovative, kind of their secret sauce is what they've been calling the re-corner. This is a drive unit, a suspension unit, a motor, and it's kind of all in one very quick sub-assembly that can be bolted and unbolted onto this modular battery platform. Am I covering that fairly well? Yeah, absolutely. So what we've done is we, we feel that there is a need to do things differently. And the opportunity arose when we looked at electric vehicles, right? It, it's a great opportunity to come with a clean slate. And by utilizing a brand new approach to automotive, to, to you know, electric vehicles, you don't necessarily have to cope with all the complexities of the you know, traditional or legacy approach. And right. what we've done, yeah, and, 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 and what we basically did is that we created a very unique technology that we call the re-corner, where we basically pack everything that makes the car go, right? The, the, the motor, the steering, the braking, the suspension, the control, everything around those corners. Now, we're not putting things inside the wheel. We're not using hub motors or the sort of those and and we can talk about later why but what we're doing is we're actually placing everything in an area which is somewhere between the wheel and the chassis now up until recently that that part had never had a was never named hadn't had any name because nobody used it for anything so we named it the the corner hence you know the re-corners and and everything that we make is basically revolves those re-corners yeah, now this is actually really smart because you're using, you're not using a fixed sort of mechanical rack and pinion or worm and ball steering. You're using almost an electrical steering input. And for, for those of you who are not like really into chassis design, if you're not race car guys, that's really important because when you design a chassis and you set up that front steering, there's what's called an Ackerman angle which is the ideal location where you want, if you draw a line between the steering points to the back of the car, you want that to intersect directly over the uh, center point of the two rear wheels along that rear line. Now, what's really clever about the re-corner is because they're using an electric steering, you can change that length of the car forward and backwards, and you don't have to completely redesign the steering geometry because it's all software driven. Yeah, we, we call this by wire. It's like how airplanes fly for the past 50 years. We're utilizing a full X by wire architecture. We're, we're the only company out there that is fully by wire. So we do steer by wire, brake by wire, and drive by wire on a single wheel. So actually, there are no mechanical connections, none whatsoever, between the corners 
either to each other or, or to anything else. And we control them through an, uh, an array of ECUs, of computers, which mm -hmm. is called a zone architecture. We've got one ECU in each corner. We've got a central one that connects them all. It's called a recenter. And there are two others that are helping with other capabilities such as, as, as BMS and, and others. So basically our entire platform as opposed to traditionally being powered by 50 to 60 ECUs is run by seven in a wow, much more efficient strong. way. Yeah, are yeah. you running those like through a Bluetooth connection, through wireless, or do you have like a, like a CAN bus, a physical CAN connection? Yeah, physical can connection. The, the you know, with, with, without going into too much technical details here. Well, you you don't want to give away uh, all yeah. of your trade secrets on the podcast? Uh, <laughs> no, that I'm willing actually to do. Just don't want to have you know the the audience to fall asleep here. But um, oh, this, we got a we smart audience. It. I don't know about that. They, they'll talk to you about Canvas so, stuff all day. So let's let's talk a little bit about it, right? So what we're doing here is we're doing everything in real time. Mm -hmm. So there is no software layer because it's too slow. When you drive by wire, it has to be real time. You have to be able to communicate command in extremely fast latency, right? And, yeah. and the ability to communicate over Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is just not fast enough. So we're using real time, extremely fast response times over CAN, over, over, over wires, in order to communicate and that communication just in order to be extremely efficient and of course of course secure is proprietary so right. the, the whole protocol is we had to come up with right well that's really impressive so when you connect to the chassis when when someone is sitting in the car and they're driving you're using almost like a simulator like a haptic feedback on the steering wheel and the brake pedals to to give that sort of impression or is it a much more digital experience no no that exactly right right because we as as people right as human beings we, we have to have that feedback in order to understand to, to communicate with the vehicle so we have to provide that feedback although it does not exist right because right, think about right. it, that feedback is built on 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 mechanical connection so there is like a simulator when we provide that feedback to the driver both on the steering and on the pedals as they drive having said that the corner itself if you'd like the re-corner itself is completely agnostic it actually does not know whether you joe is you know you're holding the steering wheel and driving the vehicle or it's being driven by a remote control or by an ai autonomously right like by a computer it's exactly the same right it doesn't care it just it gets the input it does the thing that's smart Okay. Exactly. Thank you. Now, I have another question for you here because we're talking about the the neat thing about the re-corner is that everything is kind of in that corner. Now, there's two things I want to bring up here. One of the criticisms of hub motors is, you know, if you're driving in the Midwest, if you're hitting potholes, if you're pulling up against a curb, all of your most expensive and most vulnerable hardware has been pushed out to the corners where it is now exposed to the elements and exposed to damage the recorner by moving that stuff inboard even though it's all one module kind of avoids that that issue correct that is absolutely correct we have all the components all the by wire componentry on board literally encapsulated within the chassis itself so we're using the chassis 
the, the, the space inside the chassis, very close to the battery, mm -hmm. to host our bi-wire system, although they're one unit. But, but, but Joe, that's not the biggest, I think, problem with hub motors, if, if I may. I mean, you touched yeah. about physics, about what, you know, we, we, we call unsprang mass, mm. uh, where, where, right, where the, you think about it when you go to the gym and you're holding, uh, I don't know, uh, you, you're a fairly strong fellow. So when you're <laughs> holding uh, 30 pounds, right? Sure. And, uh, and, and you want to, you know, you, you want to, uh, you know, I don't know, press it. It's much easier to hold those where they're very close to your body when they're spraying. But when you reach out with the show, with, with with the weights and you know strengthen your your arms, it becomes far more difficult to hold because this is called an unsprang mass, right? And think about now that you have to rotate this weight, it becomes excruciating. Now yeah. this is physics. However, right. This is ice skating, uh, right? When you look at the Olympic skater and she's got her arms out, she's rotating very slowly. When they want to rotate very quickly, they bring their arms in. And that is kind of what you're doing. Exactly. You're bringing the mass to the center line so that the car is that or the vehicle, right? Because it's not always cars. It's a truck. It's a semi. It's a last mile. Correct. So the vehicle is but, that much more responsive. True. But, but people forget that there's another problem with electric vehicles. We're losing you a little bit. In the hub, one moment. You have to feed it electricity, right? This is high voltage. We're talking about somewhere between 400 volts to 800 volts. So it's four times to eight times more than you've got in your home. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You were cutting off a little bit at the beginning there. So go ahead. So 400 to 800 volts. It's more than we have in the home. Yeah. So the... Right. So the problem is that it's high voltage, right? 400 to 800 volts is four to eight times more than you've got at home. That's really, really high voltage and it's quite dangerous. Now, the problem is what happens if you have a, a, a hub motor to the wheel and God forbid there is a car accident and the wheel is detached. It happens sometimes, right? It, it just can happen. But the problem with hub motor is that you've exposed the high voltage cables. And mm. that's really scary, especially... You know, if it's raining, you're standing in a puddle, that's going to be quick. And you don't want to do that. Now, when you encapsulate everything inside the chassis like we do, it's fully protected, right? So even in the unfortunate case of an accident, you have to do a lot of crash simulation to ensure the cables and the high voltage circuit are protected. And, and this is really important, it's even beyond the unspring mass and the physics, right? It, it's just plain old safety. Right. You don't want to kill off your customers. That, that tends to help in, in the business wise. <laughs> yeah. But the, so this is all really fascinating stuff because that's something that, you know, in, in the world of EV journalism, you know, th th there's a saying that kind of says, you know, 15,000 diesel trucks can, you know, burn in a fire in a year, but you hear about the five Teslas, right? So this is something that, of course, you guys are hypersensitive to and you want to build the safest product possible. So uh, that makes that makes a ton of sense. Now, when you look at some of the people out there, you know, like Lordstown Motors, for example, that are talking about building an electric truck or a hub motor truck that is going to be on the road, that is going to put hundreds of thousands of miles on it, that is going to be in some extreme conditions. Does that make you wince a little bit? Like that maybe they haven't thought that through completely. I'm sure they know what they're doing. There are applications of hub motors out there, right? You've got forklifts and everything that tend to move rather slowly and on, on you know, even sure, flat terrains. But that's not um, a 10,000 pound pickup truck that's going 100 miles an hour 
you know, so, surrounded yeah. by school buses and, <laughs> and ambulances. So, so, you know, we, We've been doing this for about almost 10 years now. So we're the, one of the oldest of the, the new lot, if it's not an oxymoron, right? And <laughs> the, the modern the, era of EVs. No, I, we talk about this all the right. time that like everything kind of got a, a reset button in like 2008, 2009. So like this is like the new True. era. Yeah. So, so 100%. I get it. You're, you're one of the oldest of the new era. And we've looked at, at Hub Motors for quite a while. It's something. In our view, it just it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Neither the physics nor the safety features work. It's it's it's. I mean, it would be uh, it would be extremely challenging in my view to make it work commercially at scale with the requirement you, you need from a high performance vehicle. Yeah, this understood. is why we chose the right the recoins, right? That's basically yeah. wasn't and and. Yeah, not that I'm anybody who matters, but I think you made the right choice. So Thank you. you have a number. <laughs> that's what you needed, right? <laughs> now we're ready for exactly. the IPL. <laughs> so you have a number of different platforms shown on your website. You've got like the leopard platform. You've got like what looks like a truck platform. What to me looks like a, almost like a golf cart mobility platform. Mm-hmm. Are any of these in production yet? And if, if not, which one do you think is the one that you're going to push with first? So first and foremost, everything you see there is real. They are real platforms. So we, we, we don't... Yes, it's not a do... rendering. It's not a CGI no. concept art project. That you, You've actually built these things 100%. That, yeah. that, and, and that's yeah. good. That's worth pointing out. Good call. And, 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 and the reason it's important is that traditionally building a, a platform cost a few billions of dollars and, and six, eight years. Yeah. And we, we're, you know, we're, we're doing as we preach, eh? We, we, we are saying, hey, guys, you can build a very more modular platform in a very fast time to market with far less resources using our technology. And this is exactly what you see on the website. A variety of different platforms in different shapes and capabilities built around the re So So that's one. Now, we are in the process of commercializing the P7 platform. The P7 platform is one of our largest platforms. It's designed to be powering vehicles from class three to class five. So for, for those of you listening who are not super familiar with, with the different class vehicles, that's like a medium duty, almost like a box truck, like a big U-Haul exactly. or a UPS truck. Uh, yeah, all the UPSs, basically most of UPSs, FedEx, as you see out there, the uh, USPSs, right? Amazon trucks, these are that, uh, the supermarkets, everything that's doing last mile, mid mile. This is basically the class three to five. And that's a big market. That's not like 5,000 cars. That's hundreds of thousands of vehicles every year. Yeah, that's why we chose that market, right? (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. You go to the biggest market. And 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 not only the biggest market, it's probably the market that is most sensitive to cost. So if you have an advantage of cost and development time, that's really a market where somebody could come to you and say, hey, here's our design brief. Here's the problem that we're trying to solve. And everybody else is telling them, oh, it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars in five years. You can go tippy-tappy on the configurator and have a chassis for them in a matter of hours. There you go. There you go. That's yeah, exactly that's... right. Now, 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 how we do that? We do it by doing it in what we call in, in, in high-tech world an MVP, minimal viable product. It's right. not commonly used in auto, but it's very commonly used in, in, in tech. It's a tech what does it mean? Yeah. It means 
Yeah, what we mean is we, we've fully developed the core engineering. So if you want a platform which is built on our core engineering, basically the base design, if you want, the base uh, configuration, it's done. That's core. That's we've in, we've done this for the past ten years. The bywire system, the capability, that's is done. It's 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 already done. Now, you would come and say, "Hey, I, I love this, but uh, hey, can you do the wheelbase a little bit shorter or longer? Would you be able to make it uh, short, uh, taller? Can I have a little bit more? I don't know, payload and so on and so forth, right? This is called application engineering, meaning we'll tweak it to whatever you need." And this is really, really, really important. Why? Because this is what we bring to auto. This is what we bring to the industry, as opposed to, you know, like uh, Henry Ford once said, you can get it in any color you want, as long as it's black, which basically right means right, there is right, no right. choice whether it's done. <laughs> and today, if you go to major OEMs, there's still no choice, right? You can have a different color, and maybe if you're lucky, different seats, but, but the vehicle is exactly the same. That's off the shelf. If you like it or not, that's what you've got, right? We come and say, hey, our technology allows us to do everything you want, right? You mentioned the configurator, go online, or come on, on over and we'll build exactly what you want. But for us, that's easy because it's built as application engineering. It's just the fine tuning upon the core that we've already developed and everybody, it, it, it's common across all vehicle sizes of all capabilities. Now, this is step one for those fleets. For, for the UPSs, FedExes of the world, these guys, right? First of all, to have a perfectly designed vehicle. So one example that delivery companies and logistic companies like, two, two examples, for example, is one very low stepping height. The lowest is possible because the driver goes in and out of the vehicle 100 times a day. And it's it's really important to make it as, as easy to access as possible. Second, they would love to have it flat throughout. They don't want any steps within the vehicle like they have today because they have to go over the powertrain and the drivetrain within conventional axle motors, right? Even if it's. So that's the first step. But, but I think Joe, the, the most interesting thing we learned in the past couple of years is that it's not apples to apples, meaning it's not, you know, hey, you, you have an ICE, right? ICE vehicle, diesel. I don't know, it's a Ford and I want to give you now a sell a new, I don't know, a GM, right? It's, sure. it's, yeah, it's more or less apples to apples, right? Here, it's a brand new thing because let's say you have 50 vehicles, 100, 1,000 vehicles, diesel, right? Yeah. You've had them for years, whatever. I'll come and say, hey, it's a brand new EV. You would never, ever in your sane mind buy it. Why? Because you'll say, oh, I love the vehicle. It drives amazingly. But hold on. How do I charge it? What, what, right. Who do I need to speak to the power company? How much power do I need? How do I optimize the charge? How do I know how much you charge? Because charging right. from zero to 80 in terms of cost percent, right? Zero to 80% is almost as much as charging from 80% to 100. So yeah. do I need to charge 100% every night? I don't know. How, where right. do I service that? Why do I do with the battery? How, oh, do, how, do, you, how do you chart the costs? How do you, you know you've got a fleet driver who charges it at home? How do you, you know, exactly. how do you re recoup so, that? How do you track that? Yeah, 100%. So what we've done is we created and actually, I think it's the largest in the world, uh, the ecosystem of partners that they are the very best in what they do and they're completing our offering. So for example, we've partnered with Hitachi where we're coming to electrification. So if you need now to install charging, we do up to three megawatts of charge per station. 
which is massive. And we do everything from speaking to the power company on your behalf to installing that, to optimizing the charge. We have data as a service and analytic as a service and cloud services, batteries as a service, nationwide service locations that you can pop in and they'll service your vehicle. And then it becomes logical. Then they can actually go green. Then they can actually go electric. Because they say, okay, now I got it. You solved everything we need in order to utilize that vehicle. Now, this is actually an interesting point because one of the the big unknowns, right, is it's not really an unknown, but when you're a fleet manager and you're managing 20 or 30 trucks, it seems like an unknown. It feels like an unknown is the maintenance, the repair aspect, the availability, things like that. With you guys and your modular platform, you can have 20 or 30 different chassis configurations and they all use that common re-corner. So with, with very few SKUs in their parts inventory, a service center can effectively service hundreds of vehicles. Is that right? That is absolutely right. And just to top on that, there are no spare parts. You take a corner out and you put a new corner in in less than an hour. It's like an F1 pit stop. So you don't need to do anything. You put it on a lift, you unscrew the screws, right? you take the, the corner out, you put a new corner in, it takes you about 20 minutes. Yeah. You put a vehicle down, we remotely through the cloud, will calibrate it, check it, make sure that it's all good and ready for, to go, give you the green light and off you go. Yeah, and that's it's coming across all platforms. Have you, I'm sure you have, but have you looked at like a, a parks or forestry application or a military application where the service, you know, where because that ease of service is there, it seems like it would be a natural application to be able to service it in the field very quickly and get back up and running. Yeah. So first, yes, you're right. We have looked, um, you know, um, unfortunately, yeah. we, you know, we, we, we come from a rough neighborhood in the Middle East. So defense is not foreign to us. Having right. said that, I think my, my partner, Hishai and I, we started really almost 10 years ago because we had a single goal. And I know, I know it might sound, you know, a little bit, I don't know what, but we actually want to make it a better world for our children. And <laughs> we figure out that the way to do it is to expedite the shift to electrification. Yes. yes. To move it faster. And this is why, by the way, we chose a strategy where we're not vertically integrated. You don't see a vehicle a re-vehicle, you see powered by re, like, like, you know, Intel inside. The reason is that we, 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 we came up with a strategy where we complete, we do not compete, in, meaning we can work with everybody. We work with Hino, which is Toyota's truck arm. We work with a very large global commercial OEM. We work with uh, Magna, we work with Poindexter and so many, many others. And what we're doing with everybody, we are making them move faster into electrification. And to me, to us, this is what's important. So yes, we can look at some niche applications and small numbers in, in, in defense and, and forestry and all that. That's great. But if you really want to make this a better world and strive for carbon neutrality, you have to look at how you can move an entire industry forward faster. And, and I think this is what we've been doing. This is literally what we set up and built to do. Yeah, I love it. I think, and you're absolutely right that, you know, the, the answer, the way to make the world a better place is to reduce carbon emissions, not build a better tank. You're absolutely right. 
yeah. which uh, I, I can't believe that that needs to be said, but I'm in America and they feel like that needs to be said. <laughs> so, point. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, you've been gracious enough to come and give us your time and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. And I'll put some links on there as well. How can people follow along with what you're doing? Like if if you have a new project or someone builds an exciting new concept or you want to put out a, uh, a thought starter and say, hey, here's a robo taxi concept that we put out. Do people follow you on Instagram? Do they go to a Facebook page? How can we how can our listeners kind of stay on top of what you're doing and follow along? So I'm, oh, that's a great question. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of, of LinkedIn. Okay. Um, when, when I look at, you know, sharing my thoughts and everything, I, I find very efficient and easy. I know usually people like to hear that I'm on Twitter, but I'm, I am struggling a little bit with the platform, but I know it did not stop Elon. So probably he will. I think LinkedIn is, 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 is a great way to look at what we're doing and fairly active there. Uh, whenever I've got the time. Yeah, fair enough. So we'll, we'll put a link to uh, a link to your LinkedIn. We'll put that in the show notes <laughs> here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just really fascinated by what you guys are doing. I, I see a lot of applications there in terms of like, you know, again, I'm a motorsports guy, so I'm looking at active suspension. I'm looking at, you know, a, a variable suspension geometry where you can have more wedge in one corner and less wedge in another. So mm-hmm. you're modulating the suspension setting throughout the uh, the course. So there's, there's a lot to be said there. And I think there's a lot of potential there. It, it just, you know, it, it's so funny because I, there's, when you do these interviews, you want to steer the conversation down certain paths, and then you end up talking about a delivery van. <laughs> yeah. But that makes sense, right? Because there's, you know, 20 Formula One cars and there's 20,000 delivery vans that are going to get sold this month. But, but, right? Yeah, but by the way, one of our uh, designs now that is actually uh, in the works of being tested, hopefully you'll see it soon on the road is quite advanced, meaning we have air suspension. So we control the damping of each corner independently, the K, if you'd like, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the recovery. And we do it actively as the vehicle goes. And we can also tweak it according to load because there's a very different vehicle dynamics behavior when you're fully loaded and where you're completely unloaded. Right, and if you're doing that in real time, as the vehicle loads and unloads, as packages get added and and taken off, you're maintaining, yeah, that's good. Because especially like if you're in, you know, real icy or snowy weather throughout the course of the day, that center of mass will shift forward and backwards. It can make for a very unpredictable driving experience. And also left and right. Right. And Not also, left and right. you packed exactly it right. according to what we said, right? And you're supposed to, <laughs> to, to, to load it, uh, you know, like, like in the manual. But what if you didn't? And what if it yeah. pulls a certain way? Exactly. Uh, so, actually, uh, you know, we, we, we're doing a, a media day soon in, in Michigan together with our partners, EAVX, uh, Poindexter Group. You're more than welcome to come over. Yeah, Michigan's close. I'll definitely check that out. So we'll, we'll take a look means. at that. And if I can't do that, I'm sure we'll get somebody else from Clean Technica out there. So Daniel, this was awesome stuff, man. And I, I really appreciate it. I, I wish you guys all the luck in the world. It doesn't sound like you need it. it sounds like you know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> but you know, anything that we can do to uh, help get the message out and get the word out, we're certainly going to do. So you know, if you're listening to this now, you can follow us. Uh, you can follow Daniel on LinkedIn. Obviously, Clean Technica, you can follow us on Instagram. Listen to this on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and any 
of those others. And yeah, thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Thanks.